back to Head of the Pack, a quick post-first round edition. Bill and I coming to you from the Lambeau Field Media Workroom area shortly after midnight central time on uh, Friday morning, I guess now. Packers made two picks, stayed put, didn't move around. For the second straight year, Brian Gutekunst uh, did not trade within the first round. At number 22, they picked Quay Walker, middle linebacker from Georgia. Number 28, they picked Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle from Georgia. Um, I think Kirby Smart's on the payroll here now because their last three first-round picks have been Eric Stokes, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt. Listen, I know everyone wanted a receiver. Uh, you don't care about what I think about the pick, but Brian Gutekunst basically said or implied the run on receivers early in the first round, it wasn't worth trading up to get one of them. And Drake London went at 8, and then Garrett Wilson went at 10, um, 11 was Chris Olave, Jameson Williams was 12. And then Jahan Dotson went at 16, and Traylon Burks went at 18. So uh, Aaron Rodgers revealed on the Pat McAfee show they had six first-round grades on wide receivers, but those top four really might have been the ones worth trading up for. Um, Brian Gutekunst did not feel that way, and we all know how this franchise in particular feels about the value of wide receivers in the second and third round, and it seems like there are some good ones in this draft. So, Bill, your initial reactions to what the Packers did tonight? Yeah, look, I, I guess I get it that they didn't go get a receiver, but God, what the hell are they doing? I mean, you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback who's going to go into a season with Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb as his three primary receivers. I mean, maybe you just get luckier and all get out and – George Pickens falls in your lap, or you, or you go trade up for him, or maybe Jalen Tolbert is the guy there. And he's like way better than anybody thinks. But they're going to go into a season supposedly contending for a championship, right? Yeah. With one of the worst receiver cores in the NFL. I don't yeah. I, I, I don't get sitting back. You've gone all in pushing all these gazillions of dollars into the future cap-wise, and you're going to go try to win a Super Bowl with Alan Lazard. That makes no sense to me. I agree. Uh, it, I, th- I understand why they didn't. Let yes, me clarify I do too. what I mean. I understand why they did what they did in the draft tonight. It's more so like you couldn't have given up a first-round pick and maybe a late second-rounder for A.J. Brown. Right. Listen, I understand how valuable rookie contracts are to this team, given their impending capital, yep. but that just seems like a deal that would be nice to make for A.J. Brown. I, I, I would critique that more than what they did in the draft tonight in terms of the wide receiver position. But listen, it's amazing how far Aaron Rodgers in this front office has come, because, have come because you listen to him on McAfee tonight. He basically put out a PSA to the fans saying, I, I understand why you might be questioning things because we didn't trade up or we didn't draft a wide receiver. Have faith in the front office. I'll work with whatever wide receivers we have to get them right. And he basically implied, and Goody maybe did too, well, not Goody as much, but Rodgers seemed to think they're going to take at least one tomorrow, which I would assume they do, or else yes. all hell will really break loose. Um, and look, he, he seemed really at peace with it. The communication was there. And this is a guy who's thrown to receivers in the second, who, who were drafted in the second and third round his whole career, the, the best ones. So he understands where they are uh might be the most important thing here in this franchise as a whole, and it seems they're in a much better place than last year. And listen, I know it's an anomaly, but Devontae, Paul Richardson and Sammy Watkins 
and Brandon Cooks and all these receivers who turned out to be worse than Devontae Adams were taken before Devontae Adams. I had one league source tell me tonight that George Pickens is the best receiver in this draft, the closest thing to Devontae Adams. Essentially, as you've written about, it's probably the off-field, not the off-field stuff, but the character stuff that is driving him down draft boards a little bit. I would, I would be surprised if they can stay put and get him tomorrow. Like you said, it would probably take a trade up, but just stick with Georgia, take him, and everyone will be happy. Yeah, you know, it, you're right. They do, they do have a great second-round track record, but they've had all these second-round receivers, but year after year, Rodgers has always had one or two or three really good established receivers. You know, like when they drafted Jordy Nelson in 2008 in the second round. Well, Greg Jennings was here already, you know? Um, they're going to go into this thing with, with Lazard and, and Randall Cobb. It's going to be a whole different thing. Um, you're going to have to trade up to get Pickens. You'll probably have to trade up to get Jalen Tolbert. Um, you know, Alec Pierce. I mean, it, I mean, these are the guys they're going to have to go win games with. Um, and look, I get it. Rodgers is a great quarterback, and LaFleur is a great coach. they got a great scheme. But you know what? The Rams have all those things too, and they got Alan, and they got Stafford got Allen Robinson. Yeah, I I, I don't. I look. I understand that there's there's financial difficulties here, but you're going all in in some regards, but you're not in other regards. Unless the new plan and you talked about this last podcast, Matt. The 49ers have been pretty damn good winning with defense, so maybe we should let's, let's talk about these draft picks, Matt. This defense is going to be damn good, right? Yeah. At least on paper, I mean, Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt both specialize against the run. That's the main thing. And guess what? I understand that wide receiver was a huge need for this team. No doubt it's the top need. But this run defense has been not good, to say the least, the past couple years. Um, They were 32nd in the NFL, which, if you didn't know, is last in the NFL in – Run defense EPA, a true media stat, which measures, you know, expected points added per play. Um, they're just really bad. And, and year after year after year in recent memory, they've done things like add Snacks Harrison, rely on year-to-year jumps from Kingsley Kiki and Tyler Lancaster. They've never made the splash that you need to improve the run defense. Devondre Campbell was one thing. For once, listen... It, The two things neglected on this defense in recent memory have been the run defense, specifically on the interior defensive line, and the linebacker position, which goes back beyond the past couple years. They got Devondre Campbell, re-signed him. They used a first-round pick on an inside linebacker. You're showing emphasis there. And then you take a defensive lineman to put beside Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry. Emphasis there. You can only address so many things in the first round. I understand wide receiver was the biggest one, but I do like what they did in really shoring up the two weakest points of this defense. Inside line, well, maybe I'd rush your depth, but inside linebacker depth. Because I understand you play, you know, nickel a lot, especially with Douglas, Stokes, and Alexander. You want to have all three of them on the field as much as possible. But it just gives you more flexibility to play two inside linebackers, play bigger if you need to, play heavier against the run, against the Delvin Cook, against... You know, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but against teams that are going to try and run the ball down your throat like they have the past couple of years. So I, I like these picks in, in what they do for the defense. And I wrote it down here. And on paper, their defense right now, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Devontae Wyatt, um, 
Jaron Reed, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Alexander Stokes Douglas, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage Jr. That's really good. It is. One, you know, one thing I took from when, when Goody was talking a while ago is it gives him the opportunity to just play more traditional defenses. Um, gosh, I remember under Mike Patton, they, they played dime 50% of the time almost. And last year, they were number two in the league in running dime, which is six defensive backs, which means you only have one linebacker out there. They were number two in the league in dime percentage. You're just giving away rushing yards when you are playing light. Yep. But they had to do that because your linebacker, well, Campbell could, but Chris Barnes is a liability coverage-wise, so you had to replace him with another defensive back. In theory, if Quay Walker can play pass coverage, anywhere as close to as good as Devondre Campbell already plays pass coverage, you can keep those guys on the field, and you can keep play with five defensive backs rather than six, which means you can stop the run, which means you can force teams into passing situations, and then you can go let loose at the quarterback and do what you do best, so... Defense has a chance to be really, really good. The thing a question I question about Walker, and I asked Goody about this, he had three passes defense last year. Those are the only three of his career. He's never forced a fumble. He's never recovered a fumble. He's never intercepted a pass. I, I kind of like ball production, but, man, the guy is Devondre Campbell size, but super fast. Yep. I mean, and Quay Walker said it himself. He was, he, and Dane Brugler's scouting report says the same thing. He needs to improve in coverage. He's really good against the run, but needs to improve in coverage. And um, if you can, and that's the luxury of this pick is you have Devondre Campbell, who's really good at both. I wrote this tonight. It's not like a wide receiver where he, he a wide receiver in the first round would have probably had to come in and shoulder the expectations of being the number one. Quay Walker doesn't need to do that. Um, they don't need to have him on the field for every passing down. They can let him learn that behind Devondre Campbell. In obvious, obvious running downs, they have the, the flexibility to put him on the field instead of Chris Barnes, assuming Quay Walker becomes a better run defender in that second tier than, than Chris Barnes or Ty Summers is. Um, so it just gives you more flexibility from a defense because, like you said, they were kind of hamstrung with the lack of inside linebacker depth that they had. And uh, that was an underrated need here because, like I've said before, two really good inside linebackers is better than one. You see what you know a team like the Bucks did with Levante David and Devin White to these guys two years ago. I'll be interested to see what the defensive line rotation is, kind of moving to the Devontae Wyatt pick. Um, really big, really fast. He's, he's told us tonight that um, when they were training pre-draft, him and Jordan Davis were in Arizona together training, and instead of being put with the uh, offensive and defensive linemen, they were put with, I believe he said, the linebackers because of how fast they were. Just really explosive guy. Um, the Packers haven't, aside from Kenny Clark and Spurts, the Packers have not gotten, gotten anything really substantial against the run or push from the interior against the pass in recent years, and he should help in both regards. Will he leapfrog Dean Lowry right away? I don't know. Um, Dean had his moments last year. Eventually he should. But, you know, TJ Slayton, Jaron Reed, you got some depth there now. And if anything, Kenny Clark hasn't had a guy to take double teams and take attention off of him in recent years. So Devontae Wyatt, hopefully for the Packers' sake, will eventually do that and vice versa with Kenny taking some attention away from Wyatt. 
Yeah, Wyatt was the fastest of the big guys at the combine. Um, with the fastest 40, and I realized that defensive linemen don't have to run 40 yards. I get that. But the guy is super explosive, and they haven't had that. I remember, remember when we talked to Jerry Montgomery? Was it a month ago now? And he, I asked, you know, we, he was asked, about what, what, would, what would he like on a defensive lineman? And he said, twitch. Well, this guy's is about as twitchy as you get, to use NFL right. lingo. So a good, good call there. Well, you can almost wonder if he pans out and Reed is what they think he's going to be, if they could uh, move on from Lowry right away, you know, yeah. come like June, you know, or end a training camp, save some cap dollars there. They're in pretty good shape, though. Um, but, man, this is – you know, we were talking about this in the uh, media auditorium. It's – how good is that Georgia defense? Man, I mean, over the last two years – five guys in the first round. Right. I mean, it's – and a college team could never beat an NFL team. But that defense, <laughs> that could beat an NFL offense. Maybe, maybe not a great offense, but whew, five first-round picks in this, this draft alone. They had, Trevon, they had Trevon Walker, Jordan Davis, the two guys to the Packers, and then Lewis Seen, who I believe went to the Bengals at 31. So, yeah, just a really good defense. And – you know, part of the job Goody had to do is deciphering how much of what these guys produced in college uh, was because of what other guys were, you know, seeing. And, like, how much of Jordan Davis or how much of Devontae Wyatt's production was because of double teams Jordan Davis got or something like that. I'm sure he had a great time watching this Georgia defense. And the funny thing is Jalen Carter, who's not draft eligible, is still at Georgia – and he could be the number one overall pick next year, a defensive lineman, probably better than all these guys. They, they have a linebacker, Channing Tyndall. He never started a game in his college career. He'll be drafted tomorrow. That's nuts. So speaking of tomorrow, Matt, yeah, what's your priorities? So you, they, they're picking at number 53 and 59. I believe that is the 21st, number 53, I believe is the 21st pick yep. tomorrow. So they got 53 and 59, and they have number 92. Obviously, there's receivers out there, but outside linebacker, they got to get one of those. They still need an offensive tackle. they got a lot of things to get done tomorrow. What are, you, what are you looking for? Yeah, my top three priorities tomorrow would be wide receiver one, edge rusher two, offensive tackle three. Um, I'm going through Dane Brugler's best available list. Arnold Ebiketti, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, edge rusher from Penn State. He'll probably be gone. Um you got defensive linemen, like, you know, they probably won't have another interior defensive lineman, but a guy like Logan Hall from Houston can play on the edge. Mm-hmm. So some positional versatility on the defensive line would be interesting. Um, but I think, you know, I like George Pickens for them, not just because he's another Georgia guy and, and I would like to take a trip down to Athens for a, for a feature this offseason, but you're probably going to have to trade up for him given the, the, the run on wide receivers. But, hey, no teams, quote-unquote, reach for wide – and Nate Tice put out this tweet. He was happy to see no teams reach for wide receivers in the 20s. There was such that rush on them before the 20s. You'd think at least a couple will go, and you mentioned you know Jalen Tolbert, Alec Pierce could sneak into the second round. The Packers felt comfortable staying put today, but – I could see them moving up for a guy like George Pickens tomorrow. I don't think that Brian Gutekunst would go day two without taking a wide receiver. 
You just can't. Yeah. He's, you can't. He said he I might. Understand wanting I, mean, to find was... value. I understand <laughs> wanting to find value in the later rounds, but there is a difference between a second-round wide receiver and a fourth-round wide receiver. you got to get one tomorrow, or else uh, the harmonious report that you have with your quarterback might not exist anymore. Jaquan Brisker is safety from Penn State. That would be a great pick for Adrian Amos. An interesting one to me is David Ojabo, the edge rusher from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Probably a top 10 pick. Torres Achilles at his pro day. Probably won't play a decent amount of the season, but that's an interesting one if you're really looking toward the future. But yeah, George Pickens was 47th on Dane Brugler's big board. The Packers don't pick again until 53. Pickens is a balanced athlete with fluidity at the stem and the wheels to win vertically, skillfully tracking the deep ball. Though his competitiveness is a plus, he lacks discipline in several areas of the position and lost a year of on-field development because of his injury. He's a freak, but has those character concerns. Who better to get him in line than Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, there you go. God, with a straight face, Brian Gutekun says, asked about drafting a receiver tomorrow. I don't think we have to. He said it with a straight face. That was that was quite remarkable acting well, on his he, part. He's not going to say yeah, we have to because he's never going to give away his draft plans. I know. He's For what it's a worth, peeve the... that Rodgers revealed uh, <laughs> that they had six first round grades on wide receivers. For what it's worth, according to the Rich Hill trade value chart, if they package their third round pick and their first of their second round picks, they could get all the way up to number forty. That is the eighth pick of the second round. Seems yeah. doable. And if you have two fourth-round picks, which they do, you probably, I shouldn't say probably, I would think you would feel okay about sacrificing a third. You would think so. You'd think so. We'll have a more realistic discussion about their uh, their need for wide receivers tomorrow if we do a podcast again tomorrow. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see. It, the, I'm sure they liked, well, obviously they did because Rodgers said they had First-round grades on six receivers, those were the six receivers that went. Um, but guys like Pickens, Tolbert, I don't think they'll go for a slot like Sky Moore. Um, no. Because they already have Amari Rodgers and Randall Cobb. But, yeah, I- I'm with you. I, I think both of these things can be true. You can love as a fan and completely understand what they did in the draft tonight in terms of not trading up to get a receiver, but you can also be – extremely worried that we're getting dangerously close to Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard battling it out for your number one wide receiver. We'll have a Not more good. accurate idea of what what that position will look like going forward after tomorrow. And just remember, never know what's going to happen in training camp. Christian Watson, by the way, don't forget about him. Don't George forget Pickens, about him. George Pickens, Jalen Tolbert, Christian Watson, Alec Pierce. And I am I'm a big fan of... And I just, it is 1, 12.30 in the morning. I'm totally drawing a blank. Vilas Jones from Tennessee as a guy who, like Debo Samuel Light, isn't a guy you can, you can return kicks. He's fast. You can do a bunch of things with him. Kind of like him too. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if he goes tomorrow. Brugler had a, a fifth slash sixth round grade on him. Um, Obviously, that would be a nice one for the Packers, more so because of his special teams prowess, SEC co-special teams player of the year, um, as a kick and punt returner. I'm sure that the, that special teams emphasis we'll see more in the later rounds, but hey, why not? I mean, you kind of had it with Amari Rodgers last year. Who knows if that's going to pan out? But a guy who did special teams better than that, Velas Jones, could be a, a neat pick if they want to 
quote-unquote reach for that. But then again, Josiah DeGuaro wasn't expected to go in the third round. Um, that obviously still hasn't panned out exactly how they might have liked yet. None of this. No, we don't know. You know, Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt could turn out to be all pros. They could turn out to be total busts. That's the beauty of the draft. It gives us something to talk about. But nobody really knows what's going to happen. The first overall pick tonight could be a bust. Who knows? One thing we do know is the Packers need a receiver. And they better get one tomorrow or else this place is going to burn to the ground. Yeah. Gosh, can you imagine Twitter? Seriously, people people are mad enough about the about the Quay Walker pick today. Yeah. Can you imagine if they go without a receiver tomorrow? Golly. No, I can't. That'll be that'll be I, fun. I could imagine them going without one tonight. I can't imagine it tomorrow. No. Or it, today. Since it's already Friday. All right. Thank God it's Friday. Yeah, all right. Nice, right. quick, hard-hitting edition. Maybe we'll come to you guys with another another 20, 21-minute uh, episode tomorrow. Um, I'm thinking about doing another live room around noon. Uh, probably going to do that to talk with all the subscribers about the first round. But until then, Bill will have a bunch of stories up on SI. I'll have a bunch up on The Athletic. You know where to find us. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>